0: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization landing page optimization expert, Tim Ash, is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now, here's your host, Tim Ash.
1: Welcome, everyone. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this week, my special guest is Steve Krug. Now, Steve Krug needs no introduction. In fact, you know, I, I'll say I'm kind of a geek fanboy. Steve Krug is, is, you could say, a demigod of usability, although I think he aspires to full godhood some days. Uh, but he won't dissuade you of, uh, you know, of the notion that he's just a demigod. Uh, but Steve is all, the author of one of my favorite books, Don't Make Me Think, about the basics of good web usability and also Rocket Surgery Made Easy, which, lays out a very compelling plan for why you should be doing user testing, even if it's just an informal way. Welcome, Steve. Hi. How are you? So, let's, pretend we haven't ta-
2: let's pretend we haven't talked in a long time.
1: All right. Let's do that. <laughs> How have you been? How are the kid wings? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. We, we just talked yesterday, actually, for the first time in ages, so... <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you're going to be speaking at our uh, upcoming conversion conference in San Francisco, uh, March Hi. 5th and 6th. So, uh, looking forward to that very much. So, uh, what um, what set you on this path to improving the world? What's what's this usability thing about? And and as they say on uh, what's James Lipton and the Actors Studio, how did this come to you? <laughs> um.
2: I, I, I like to eat. And what? <laughs> I needed a job. Uh, I, um, how, how did, or as people usually put it, how did you get into the exciting, high-paying
1: field of web usability? Exactly uh, right.
2: Uh, did
1: anything prepare I, uh, you for that? What in your background or what leap of in- insanity led you to this? Well,
2: like everybody I know who's happy with their job, it had nothing to do with my uh, college education. <laughs> what did uh, you study in college? Uh, I I started out as a physics major uh, uh, because I wanted to replace uh, Mister Wizard, if you know Mister w- Mister Wizard of TV. Think um, Bill Nye the Science Guy, only from the fifties.
1: Yeah, it goes back uh, a ways.
2: Yeah, I'm, I go back a ways, and <laughs> and I was going to replace him when he retired, but he actually never retired. He made a comeback on like Life on on the. Uh, Nickelodeon or something in the 90s, uh, when he was in his 90s. So. Okay, so that um, niche
1: was filled. And you had that to niche was filled, but,
2: but the problem is I didn't understand how college worked when I went to college, so I realized, it took me about a year to realize I was in, a phys- in a, an engineering program when I should have been in like a history of science or philosophy of science or education program, and also <laughs> that I, could, didn't, I didn't understand calculus at all, so, uh, uh, so I switched to an English major. But well, that, there you go, an all-purpose kind of uh, fallback. Yeah, exactly. It was English or psych because they had the most electives.
1: Well, I think they uh, also have more girls. That was
2: what led me to psych. Well, I was at I was at Boston College, so you know, it's like it's not, not not in in my day. This was not a a, a female heavy population. So. <laughs> in fact, I think I think women may have only been allowed into the nursing and Ed schools at that point.
1: It's bizarre. Well, there you go. Keep them in their place, right? Barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. Just kidding. Yeah. Anybody that's ready to write some politically correct, snarky comebacks Tim, to that one. Tim I'm just kidding. That. Just,
2: I just want to point out that Tim said that. I had nothing to do. I just, uh, no, so, so
1: just in, in the professional sphere, when did you start work, first working in usability? Well, and- I started
2: in, in probably a um, transition in 87 or 88. I had been writing user manuals for hardware and software for about 10 years before that. Um mm-hmm actually was it's a non-uncommon transition from tech writing to usability because they're both user advocate positions you're both both involve explaining uh, trying to trying to help people through the fact that the stuff doesn't work the way they expect it to
1: mm, but when, you, mm-hmm. when
2: you're a tech writer basically you're kind of explaining to them how it actually does work so they can manage to use it and, and when you're doing usability work you're actually trying to change the thing so that it works the way they expect it to Right. So, well, so
1: there's a big difference. As a tech writer, you arrived after the fact when you can't change the product anymore or the experience, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I, in fact, I got in big trouble once. I gave a keynote at the uh,
2: at some STC Society for Technical Communications thing, and. I I I slipped, and I mentioned that I moved up the food chain, um, from
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is, I bet which that is, went over well. It was,
2: it was how it was how I had it on my about page for years, and I I I, I didn't even dawn on me until Jenny Radish, God love her, the wonderful Jenny Radish, came up to me after after the fact and said, oh, "I am I was something I wanted to pick with you." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the fact is, it—I mean—it does, you know—it
1: does feel better being able to fix the things rather than
2: explain them away. So, it's, well, you
1: know, okay, so you know, this is mid '80s now or late '80s. The interweb hadn't been invented by Al Gore yet. Nope. So, what kind of products were you testing? Or no, what it? Of... it's just a gleam in in uh, in um,
2: Al Gore's eye at that point. <laughs> well, uh, that's right. Oh. <laughs> uh, I uh, actually made the transition because I was working on one of the first serious applications that ran under Windows uh, with this great team, and they realized I was spending more time thinking about the interface than they had time to do, so they started inviting (laughs) me to design meetings, Uh and, and, uh, and then I ended up doing a little bit of informal usability testing, and then a friend of mine got a job running the Mac utilities division at Symantec and mm-hmm. he, he um, uh, his boss said do you know anybody who could help us find out more about what our users actually want and so he had me do some contextual inquiries and went around and sat with people with their cubicles and talked to them about about the
1: Mac and, and
2: what they wanted in applications and whatnot. And that So it's let, kind of
1: observing chimps in the wild you just go to their cubicle farm and just watch what they do and talk to them? Exactly exactly yeah
2: yeah um, yeah, and it's it's a great thing to do. It's just kind of time consuming, but it's a great thing
1: to do. Um, did you just just take notes? What's the protocol for something like that? Yeah, or just...
2: you do. You 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 really are, It really is ethnography. You do just observe them, um, um, uh, and 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 try and you know and ask them leading questions um, and notice the artifacts that they're using. Whether they're you know making things out of little sticks and um, and uh, uh, and it's great So I came back and did a, did a, a presentation for them And um, In fact I, <laughs> I edited down In a terrible com- copyright infringement I was probably out of, out, out of copyright I edited down the sequence From uh, the Marx Brothers movie A Day at the Races mm-hmm. where, where Groucho is selling uh, No Chico is Because uh, he's the racetrack guy Is selling um, oh, these, these tout sheets To, to um, Groucho and he sells him, uh-huh. and then he and he says, "What's all this? I don't understand it." He says, "Oh, you, you need a code book. You gotta have a code book." And he sells him a code book, and then he sells him another book, another book. Um, so the, I edited that, that down as an example of how people actually think about this stuff. That they, it's just requires way too much figuring out. So,
1: right, well, so, so let's asked, talk about. Uh,
2: then they asked me to do some usability tests, and so I read Jacob Nielsen's book, Usability mm-hmm. Engineering, and went out without a license and started doing usability tests.
1: (laughs) Well, let's see. You're showing people Groucho Marx movies. There's no certification required. You might as well have majored in cultural anthropology for all the good. The English, did you, right? So this sounds like a long and winding road. Um, How how did you get into web usability? Uh, Nepotism. Uh, Same friend who who got the job (laughs) at Symantec.
2: Uh, I owe most of my career to nepotism, and a lot of it to one wonderful um, guy who I'll leave nameless for the moment because I don't know, know how this whole thing is going to turn out. Um, uh, and he he actually got a job. Uh, I'll skip the middle ground, but he ended up with a job uh, at at Apple, running uh, eWorld, which was Apple's Apple branded version of AOL, which nobody remembers.
1: Wow! Yeah, no, that's, that's not exactly a giant hit in the marketplace. Kind of like the Lisa. Know,
2: it actually did very well, um, but um, it. Uh, they, with, Apple basically wanted to replace Apple Apple Share, I think it was called, which was an email service that they ran for their customers and internally. That was licensed from GE, so they were paying GE a fortune for this email, uh, you know, software. And they decided they wanted to get out of that contract. So they bought, licensed the app, AOL software from AOL. And so my friend was chartered with running it at AOL. One of the things he had to do was to put an Apple interface on it. Mm-hmm. So eventually, they brought me in. Uh, in fact, they, they brought, <laughs> it was wonderful. They had It was the first whiteboard-lined meeting room that I ever saw. So this would have been like 93, 90, maybe 92, 93. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so we hunkered down, four or five of us hunkered down for like three days in this whiteboard lined room, and we, we walked out with an interface. It was great. It
1: was a great wow, interface. a cathartic experience. It was. Um, well, it was. we're going to switch gears after the break here and uh, come back and talk about web usability, which of course is what you, which you're known for these days. Uh, and uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes after a word from our sponsors.
0: Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's e-brands with a Z for eBrands. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit imninjas.com. The ninjas are coming. Webmasterradio.fm Keep your headphones handy and the feed loaded. We never stop, do you? Welcome back to LPO Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash.
1: And we're back. Uh, this is Tim Ash, your host for LPO Landing Page Optimization. And today, my guest is Steve Krug, who again needs no introduction. Uh, Steve, okay, so how? Okay, so now you're doing you're working on software applications and interface for. You know an email client or an email program um you know as now in a way that software makes it easier, you don't have to like I say observe things out there in the world. you can just watch um you know, people sitting in front of their computers. It's a more contained environment. What are some of the differences of software or websites and internet versus other kinds of usability testing oh uh, software it. Well, I just mean you know you don't have to go out and see people use physical products or you know see them in in, in context necessarily. Or do you still do right. that? I mean, how much of it is involved? Well, field we used to, I mean,
2: when when I started doing it, we used to, we used to go out because there the, there wasn't there weren't any tools over the web for for you know doing screen sharing, which is how you do so much of it now. Um, plus plus the fact that nobody had a, a fast enough connection to support screen sharing. So basically, in the early days, early days. Um, we would we would go out to people or we would have people come in um uh, to you know the office and sit them down in front of a computer even if what they were using was was web based um you'd you'd have to do that because that was the only way to kind of see what they were doing i did do some remote testing where basically uh, you know it was kind of trying to follow along so that we'd both be on the phone and they'd be in front of their screen and i'd be in front of my screen and i would try and figure out what they had just clicked on and click on it myself <laughs> but really <laughs> okay. the whole the whole thing changed with when screen sharing became feasible and people had broadband connections cuz you can do so much of it um, remotely now but basically well, we, used, you're, you're, we used to do that we used to drag
1: people in okay well yeah. so uh, and and yeah, still uh, do. and and you usually pay them for in these kind of situations well before we go into all that yeah Pardon me, but why the F should I care about all this user testing stuff? I mean, I have to sit there. I have to watch some idiot fiddle with this beautiful Taj Mahal of an application that I built or this wonderful website experience. Why do I need this? Um, yeah, I was,
2: I was actually – I was just reading the draft of your second – it's just a second edition, right? Yeah. Of of, of, yeah, my uh, landing page optimization book. Of that's your right. landing page optimization book, which which you did not ask me to to tout in here, but I I was just reading the draft. <laughs> well, um, I'll slip you twenty later. And, <laughs> and 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 right there in the first first uh, chapter, you have a section that says, uh, "Sorry, uh, your baby is ugly." <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and, I've been known to say that once or twice. And 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 that's the the problem is. Uh, you know we, we you don't know whether your own stuff works or not you know all you know is that it works in your head and and that if you sat down to use it you could use it because you understand how it's supposed to work uh, and also everybody who works with you probably understands how it's supposed to work so from their perspective it works but what's really uh, important is the people who don't work with you and aren't you can they figure out how how to, how to work it and that's what the that's what usability testing is. Usability testing, at its heart, is just watching somebody try and use the stuff that you're building.
1: Well, there, to use a, a line from a, a Michael Franti song, uh, you can walk a, a a mile. I'll walk a mile in your shoes, and you can walk a mile in my bare feet. You know, we we, don't, <laughs> we always make assumptions that everybody else is like us, but they're not, are they?
2: Right, right. And that's one of the things that you you. You dramati- learn dramatically as soon as you start watching people use stuff. Is you, you sit there and you just go, "Oh my God, I never thought anybody would try and use it that way," or I never "How thought- can
1: anyone be so stupid?" That's the first thought, right? But well, then after seeing a few usability sessions, it kind of flips on its head, and you go, "How could I have been so dumb to design something like this?" Right,
2: right. It depends on who you are. Some people, some people, right away will 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 be watching and say, "Oh my God, how, you know, how could I not have realized that?" And some people will say, it will start off by saying." Uh, yeah, I, I characterize is if you've got if you've got developers sitting in the in the observation room watching the screen sharing, uh-huh. uh, that that when the first user runs into some nightmarish problem, they're gonna say, uh, you know, just uh, our luck, we picked like an incredibly stupid person for our first user. <laughs> great, great recruiting guys, um, and then when the second person has exactly the same problem, they say, <laughs> they will point, talk about like two in a row. And then when the third one can't do it, they go, "Hmm, maybe Hmm. it's me. (laughs) Maybe it's me." (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so really, it's really the
1: key thing is is empathy. Is is really is uh, just uh, observing other people that don't have a vested interest, that don't have, that that maybe bringing something else to it, don't have the same deep knowledge and cognitive framework that you have around using your own website or product, right? right exactly exactly they, they 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 don't know what you know
2: um and it's impossible for most of us to uh, uh kind of get that through our heads that not everybody uh, sees things the way we see them
1: um <laughs> So. And what's what's but what's kind of the economic value of this? I mean, have you okay? So you get a few of these blinding glimpses of the obvious, and right. hopefully you fix them. And I mean, right. but it, you have you seen this? You know, dramatically impact uh, the the product or the rollout of whatever it is you, you're working on.
2: Um, I have I I see. I don't retain ROI stories. I, I in fact, I don't retain a whole lot. So 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 I don't have like a. <laughs> Uh, I, and also, you know, for the past 10 years, I, I don't do, you know, I'm not out in the field that much. That's not my full-time job. So, so, um, but I, uh, my favorite is I had somebody who was at one of my workshops years ago, and we happened to use his site for the demo test, because they do a live demo test just in the workshop just so people see, you know, how easy it is. And, and also, it's sort of a, I consider it kind of like a magic act. It's like... Uh-huh. You know, they bring they grab a participant out of the audience. And say, we've never met before, have we? You know. <laughs> Nothing up my and, sleeve, and yeah, exactly. And have them do it, and have them do a, 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 t- a couple of tasks. And and um, you know, it is risky. I mean, you could you get somebody who will just breeze through them. I I, I skew it a little, honestly between you and me, since nobody else can hear this. I, I do skew it a little. <laughs> I, I tend to give them tasks that I know are likely to run into um, uh, problems, but it's not unfair because they are. Could have t- i choose key tasks that people really yeah, need to be yeah, able yeah. to do on the site and and it's also not hard to do because almost any site that you pick you could find some key tasks that have major usability problems in them right unless people have done a bunch of usability testing and worked worked really hard at it so um the
1: uh uh where did we start Sorry. well you you were just saying the r o i of it <laughs> oh the r o i right
2: like... so so i had uh a uh, mine like i said i i um I had one guy who so we tested his site and it showed you know like this 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 kind of major problem basically it was a, it was a power company, and it was the part where they were trying to get people to switch from to switch to uh, paperless billing mm-hmm. uh, and this, this was is like six six years ago or something and and at the end, uh he asked if he could have the 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 screen recording Camtasia recording of the thing to take back and show his team. And he took it back, and I got email from him a couple of months later that said, you know, the team was amazed by this. We went in and made the change, you know, that week, and our estimate is that it's, you know, it's been worth about $100,000 in, in, um, you know, value to us of the the difference in the number of people who we have who actually are moving over to... uh, uh, to paperless billing, so so that's my oh. answer. like that's that's yeah. But that, that that I mean that is the point. The point is, if you haven't been if you haven't done any usability testing, I will bet you not not Mitt Romney's hundred thousand dollars, but I'll, I'll bet you something <laughs> that you have that that if we do a little bit of usability testing, you we will uncover what are startling to you serious crippling usability problems that are going to lose you a lot of money. Okay, well, um, we're gonna, we're, I'm going to take that there.
1: bet. Yep. Uh, when, when we okay. come back after our break, we're going to explore that a little more and talk about how to actually do all this. So, And also, when we come back, I, I want to know, I want to find out more about your you, the boy who grew My up in a... Says- of you know Wasted, well, not on sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but apparently you don't read. What are you, raised by wolves? Anyway, we'll explore that after we come back. Uh, this is your host, Tim Ash for LPO, Landing Page Optimization.
0: More LPO, Landing Page Optimization in just a moment. It's time for the 2012 SCS Conference and Expo to make its way back to the Big Apple, New York City. SES New York 2011 makes its way to the New York Hilton March 19th through the 23rd. SCS New York 2011 will feature over 70 sessions, nearly 100 exhibitors, and networking opportunities with thousands of marketing and search engine optimization professionals. SCS New York 2011 will start with a high-profile opening keynote from Google's digital marketing evangelist, Avinash Kaushik. Don't delay. Come to SCS New York 2012, March 19th through the 23rd, inside the New York Hilton. Register right now at searchenginestrategies.com. That's searchenginestrategies.com. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOtool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOtool risk-free today. Go to MySEOtool.com. MySEOtool.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Warning, listening to WebmasterRadio.fm daily may cause webmaster insomnia and an increase in your company's profits. WebmasterRadio.fm. Stay up with us all night long. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash.
1: And we're back with my guest, Steve Krug. Now, Steve, um, with that, with that threat hanging over my head, how do you know I came back? Oh, <laughs> well, there you are! You I know. could have just walked you, off. You, you blew your cover. You had your chance, you know, to walk off after you've been insulted. You know, it's like dead new, air, like Newt Gingrich. You know, I take offense <laughs> at the very question. I I, could, uh, I can't imagine. What did he say? I can't imagine
2: anything more more despicable I more know. despicable <laughs> I, somebody had a great tweet about that about saying what a lack of imagination he had
1: <laughs> <laughs> truly you'd think with all those affairs that would have widened his scope of imagination <laughs> right, exactly in any case anyway, so politically anyway, let's stay away let's stay away from politics politics sex religion we'll, we'll get it all in. It. No, but you know what? what's the deal how can you write two best selling books and by the way I think what is um, don't make me think again it's my bible but it sold over 300,000 copies that's like a huge home run, but you don't read, or you didn't grow up reading. Tell us about that. I, I, I yeah, this
2: is this is yeah. You asked me if I had any any shabby little secrets, and, and that that's one of them, which is that uh, I did not. I'm not a reader. I, I mean, that's that's not entirely true, but I have not spent my life reading books. Um, and I I could probably. I could probably tell you all the books I've read. If you gave me half an hour to make a list, I could tell you all the books I've read. Seriously? Kind of bizarre, yeah. Um, yeah. I I learned. I had a misspent youth. I learned everything I know from uh, – I grew up uh Long Island suburbs near New York, so we had the three New York, four New York TV stations because I'm old. Um, we actually had to stand up and go over to the TV to change the channels.
1: Oh, I remember and- those days.
2: I watched uh, um, uh, black and white movies of the 30s and 40s, learned most of what I know from them, um, some things from Warner Brothers cartoons, which were very instructive, and, and some from... And I had an almost complete... I still have an almost complete collection of classic illustrated comics.
1: Well, there you go. I used to read a few of those in my day. So, so what is the, the most profound life lesson you learned from a Warner Brothers cartoon, or what influenced you the most?
2: Um... Well, the one that I cite now all the time, uh, I, I I keep <laughs> mentioning it to my son uh, is the uh, when uh, there were there were two or three cartoons where Sylvester the cat um, was with his son Sylvester Junior, uh, uh-huh. who looked just like him, and and they involved a kangaroo uh, in a crate falling off the back of a truck and the kangaroo getting loose and getting into their house, and and <laughs> and it, his son seeing a mouse run into the kitchen. And sending Sylvester in after it. And Sylvester then gets beat up by the kangaroo and thrown out of the kitchen. (laughs) I remember that one. And his son then um, pulls out from behind his back. He pulls out a paper bag with a thwap and puts it over his head and says, I'm so ashamed. I'm so ashamed. Oh, <laughs> father, I'm so ashamed. Everyone will say, there goes the boy whose father was beaten by a Beat mouse. Beat up by a mouse. I remember that one. <laughs> what a classic. So I, um, I, I cite that with my son. I, when, when I do something, he says, so you get your paper bag ready? It's like, <laughs> Not again, Dad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, well, Steve, so you know, the basic, you're know, you a huge advocate for informal usability testing. Uh, I mean, everybody makes this such a big deal, and I can't do it. I can't recruit people. I don't have a two-way mirror in an observation room and I can't pay people. Um, has that, you know, changed? I mean, you mentioned some enabling technology like remote viewing. Um, you know, we, we uh, yesterday spoke over GoToMeeting. I know you're a big fan. So talk to us about what's the quick and dirty way to do usability testing.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, the quick and dirty way is just, uh, it's just grab anybody and give them some tasks to do and watch while they try and do them that's kind of the 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 gist of it and 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 uh, you know if you haven't been doing any testing then you will no matter how badly you do that almost unless you like can't keep quiet as the facilitator um that's the only thing you have to do is keep quiet as a facilitator. Just make sure the person is still working on the task. If you keep yourself out of it, you're going to learn
1: stuff. You're going to learn and, very valuable stuff. Uh, just and by, are you going to ask, by ask them that. questions later? I mean, yeah, yeah. So this, yeah. The protocol is you should be silent while they're doing it, but ask them to talk out loud, right? Right. And then afterwards yeah. you can ask them questions?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tell people, you know, set aside, uh, you know, five minutes to ten minutes, depending on how it's going at the end, where you're going to basically do probing and then all bets are off then you can ask them whatever you want you can have them go back and try things make suggestions to them have them try things again a different way um whatever but but you really do want to not intrude because there's such a temptation if you haven't done it before when you start facilitating it's really tempting to want to help them uh both because you 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 want your stuff to actually work and and you're puzzled by the fact that they can't seem to make it work, but also mm-hmm. just natural empathy. You know, I mean, you feel bad that they're struggling with this thing, and so you, you, there's an instinct to want to give them clues. If you can keep from doing that, you'll you'll learn from it. So and then it goes on from there. I mean, it's uh, one of the crucial things for me. I uh, harp on this in the rocket surgery book is um, getting people, getting everybody to come and watch some of these, um, because. Uh, reading reading the results of a usability test is not terribly meaningful. Meaningful people won't watch. You know, clips are okay, but people are not going to sit down and watch a recording of tests. The thing that counts is getting as many people as you can on the team to come and, and watch live watch, remotely. Watch live. It's it's it, there's something about it. It's, you know, it's kind of like is it more compelling to watch the Super Bowl live or to you know watch a new DVR the next day? It's just more compelling. Um, also, it's a group activity. Everybody sort of sees how other people are reacting to this stuff that's going on. People can chat back and forth. And it spreads your influence wider in,
1: in your organization as well. Well, the it is. The
2: once people have watched, if, if people have never seen a usability test, then they have no idea what you're talking about.
1: But once they've seen a
2: usability test, 90% of the time there's going to be this conversion factor where all of a sudden they're like advocates for it, you know, mm-hmm. because, because the, the, it's so clear when you watch one that it's a great use of time, you know, it's a great use of time and effort that, that there's I think there's no way to get as, you know, as much insight per unit effort as by running a few few quick usability tests.
1: Well, great. So, I'm, I'm afraid we're, we're running short on time. I know that uh, we could keep going like this for hours. In fact, I would love good. it if you'd, you'd come back again sometime. Uh, but um, if folks want to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, (laughs) Oh, depends on what you don't call us. We'll call you. Reach out. (laughs) Well, if they want Uh, to contact you, they 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 uh, they should
2: go to they should go to my website sensible sensible I actually managed to get one of the last English language words that was available at the time. Um, Sensible dot com, or they can Google Steve Krug because there aren't that many of us, Um, and it'll take them uh, right to me. And there's stuff there about the. The books, the workshops. Lou Roosevelt and I have been doing workshops together for uh, years, and we're doing two this spring. I have to throw in the plug for Lou: um, one in Mountain View and one in New York City. Uh, and we're being joined by Rachel Hinman and Luke, unpronounceable.
1: Luke uh, unpronounceable. Luke, <laughs>
2: Luke, Luke 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 W.
1: Luke W. Okay. Well terrific. Uh, and you're gonna again you're gonna be speaking at Conversion Conference uh, in March. this in March fifth and sixth in San Francisco. We also yeah. have his other keynotes, Roger Dooley wrote Brainfluence. BJ Fogg, who runs the Stanford Persuasive Technology Lab, and and probably you know Jared Spool, who runs the User Interface Engineering Conference. Yep. Um, so, uh, by the way, w, uh, Webmaster Radio listeners get 10% off the conference if you use promo code WMFM when you register. So go to conversionconference.com and come see Steve live. He's, he's very entertaining. And if you can't do that, at least buy his books. <laughs> Don't make me think and rocket surgery made easy. Steve thanks again and I uh, hope to have you back soon. Thanks Tim.